Ready, set, go! Registration is now open for the Middle States Commission on Higher Education 2023 Annual Conference. It's in Philadelphia, December 4th through 6th, 2023, setting the standard transformation through accreditation. You don't want to miss it. Register now at msche.org. Surprise! We're taking the EdUp Experience podcast to Insights EDU. Join us for an incredible higher education marketing and enrollment management conference February 20th to 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona. Register now at insightsedu.com and use promo code EDUP to save $50 off your registration. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to Ed Up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. This is your special guest host, Elliot Markowitz. I'm the founder and former head of content of Fierce Education, and I'm founder and chief content officer at eMedia Strategies. I will be filling in for Joe Salucio today, who is probably out scuba diving off the coast of the Cayman Islands or hiking up Mount Kilimanjaro. Or maybe he's just lying on a beach writing his next great book for higher education. Who knows where Joe is, but I'm sure he's listening. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Ryan Ross. He's the founder and CEO of Olivia Technologies. Olivia is an edge platform delivering a digital learning experience anytime, anywhere, regardless of broadband connectivity, with bridging the students with higher education, which is critical in today's higher ed environment. So welcome to the Ed Up podcast, Ryan. A pleasure, and I'm really, really excited to share with you and the audience uh, what we're up to at Olivia. Excellent. You know, we're excited to hear about it. First off, you know, real quick, you know, from a 30,000-foot level, explain to the audience a little better than I just did what (laughs) Olivia really does, and specifically your role, and and especially being the founder. Yeah, sure. So, you know, who who we are is really – uh, an engagement uh, platform. Uh, we focus in on delivering quality content and services to all students uh, that uh, struggle with broadband. So essentially, we deliver services with or without internet connectivity. And so we came up with this idea as we sat there and saw COVID unfold uh, and seeing you know millions of students struggle with connectivity or had no connectivity whatsoever. And when we got into some discussions around, you know, what exactly is the problem and how would we go solve this? We realized that everybody was talking about broadband and it's not about broadband. What it is about is delivering digital assets and resources to students, whether they've got broadband or not. And so once we, exactly, right. And so if you take out the broadband out of the equation, then it becomes an easier problem to solve. And so that's what we focused in on. And so really what we ended up doing is focusing on, you know, it's all about digital engagement that can be delivered anywhere, anytime. You know, and I, so, yeah, yeah, go for it. No, I was just going to say, and it's quite interesting because you mentioned COVID, which nobody wants to talk about anymore. We think we're out of the woods. But when you look at the higher education market, and you can't say a lot of positive things have come out of COVID, but one thing you really can say is it really exposed the accessibility issue, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a great report that came out um, in and around the time of COVID, which uh, uh, Common Sense Media and Boston Consulting put together. They looked at state by state um, and 
specifically in the K to 12 and in, in higher ed education and, and how those states struggled with infrastructure and the ability for these students to connect to content in those states. And it really was an eye opener for me. I mean, I didn't realize how bad it was. And then when we dug into this further, I mean, you know, right here in Silicon Valley, literally from the Stanford campus, you know, 40 miles away over on the on the coastline where Half Moon Bay is in Pascadero, there's 4,000 students that struggle with broadband. <laughs> I mean, that's 40 miles yeah. away from the heart of Silicon Valley. So this problem is exists almost everywhere you look. And so as you start digging into it, you know, let's you know talk about Texas, for example. 1.8 million students don't have connectivity in Texas. California is right behind them, 1.5 million. You get into New York, there's 800,000. So it, it, it really blows your mind when you think about, you know, the issues of infrastructure. And by the way, this problem is not going to be solved anytime soon or in, in some cases, maybe forever. Uh, so this, this is a struggle that is ongoing and is only, uh, only growing because when you talk about publishing, right, the publishers are moving into a digital world. You'll be hard pressed to find, you know, a textbook, physical textbook for lots of reasons. And we can talk about that later, but I think this is where the landscape is, is that this is a large struggle and that digital divide is only growing, not, not getting right. smaller for lots of different reasons. So, so if you can clarify just a little bit for our audience, because when you think of large terms like connectivity and bandwidth, there's a lot of things involved in there. There's Wi-Fi, right? There's 5G or 4G. <laughs> right. There are devices, right? There's your IP addresses. There's bandwidth. What specifically does Olivia Technologies focus on in that pyramid? Well, you know, it's funny, Joe. Nobody cares about all those things. All they care about is whether they it's can access the resources, right? So, uh, you know, let's not get too deep in the technology front, but what we, how we do it. So. Our focus is, and for, first and foremost, we looked at the school uh, infrastructure, right? And, and one of the things I found out very quickly is that the industry is very fragmented, mm -hmm. right? Especially when you get into the K to 12 market. And so we realized very quickly that there are a couple of things we wanted to do. We are not an LMS and we don't create content, right? But what we wanted to do is incorporate the decisions that schools have already made around their LMS and also try to incorporate content that the schools already either have a relationship with the, the publishers and the content providers and incorporate that into a, a, uh, a student experience. And so what we really do is we use the school's existing digital assets, integrate okay. into that, and then deliver that to what we call the Olivia device. And so this is where uh, the Olivia device stands out. And so, you know, this device is called an edge device and it's really right. designed to work on the edge of the network it works online or offline um, it is a wi-fi access point so when you look at it it looks just like an access point what the difference is it's got an embedded server so all the software all the storage everything resides on that device and so when you log on to that device with your pc or laptop or tablet or whatever that might be what you're really doing is accessing the content on the device, not anything yeah. on the internet, right? And so based on that, we really look at how um, we made this as simple as possible. It's a browser-based, so you don't have to worry about downloading any software on your laptop or any of those uh, things. It's a walled garden. So 
you know, this is really interesting. We get a lot of reaction from parents, the fact that this is a walled garden. They log on to it. The only thing they're getting access to is the content that the teachers uh, and the schools have curated for them. And so it really cuts out the noise and focuses them on the uh, opportunity to engage with content uh, on those in that environment. And so a couple other elements to this is that, um, you know, we took the you know, world of the teachers, right? They, you know, if you talk to, especially in high school, uh, or, you know, uh, schools uh, K to 12 in general, uh, teachers are overwhelmed. And so if you were to show up and say, hey, you got to learn one more thing That's right. to do, they're going to look at you like get out of the room now. All right. So we, what we're focused on is just simplifying and reducing the time it takes for those teachers to curate and engage in, in, in uh, essentially deliver that content. And so when a teacher logs on to the Olivia portal, uh, if they're using Canvas or Blackboard or, or Google Classroom, it, it's the same. It, it, we're literally using their front end. We grab the teacher's uh, curriculum, and then we also give the access to uh, teachers to a library of content that they have access to that's been curated around their subject matters and their curriculum. So we save time uh, of them having to go search for content. It's all there for them. They add that to the curriculum. They publish that. And on the other side, we have the Olivia device that then synchronizes all that data. And uh, the device is issued to each student. So the student takes that, throws it in their backpack, takes it home, pl plugs it in like a hotspot, and then logs onto it. And then what the students are seeing is something that looks just like their LMS system, um, except they've got a, a, an extensive library of content that they can access as well. So they can upload uh, their homework, uh, and it, again, they feels like you're online. And so, for those students that struggle with the with no connectivity or no broadband at all in, in their home or in their environment, they can bring the device back to the school, into the classroom, and plug it into a hub that synchronizes and uploads their homework and downloads any new oh, wow. curriculum that uh that's been curated during the period that that device has been offline yeah the ease of use is amazing you know even in higher ed you know uh, uh once we started really moving towards blended learning and you being in the technology industry we know technology doesn't go backwards it only moves forward yeah. obviously right absolutely and, you know, a, a lot of instructors i'd say most instructors were saying listen i'm a subject matter expert i've been teaching this english course or this law course this philosophy course for so many years now i have to be a technologist now i got to be a social media expert now i got to engage on instagram i can't do all these things it was, it was too much for me to learn yeah so exactly uh, yep. so it sounds like your device makes that a lot simpler but what's interesting is that you know at the college or higher education level every college university is different and their needs are different it's and every, so it's, every client is different it's not one size fits all so yep. most technology providers really have to do so much customization when they're working with each individual institution. But it sounds like your solution really does take away a lot of that personalization and could be somewhat of a blanket use, right? Well, you know, this, this is really interesting because when we started, we started focusing in on the K to 12 market, right? But the use cases expanded rapidly as we got into high school. And here's the challenges. 
just because you graduate high school doesn't mean automatically you get broadband when you go to community college, no. right? And so the data that I've seen says that roughly 3 million students across the U.S. that are in community colleges and colleges struggle, and it's probably higher than that. But the, the challenge is there. And so what do these students do? Well, they then have to either go to campus, spend time on campus, you know, in accessing the broadband at campus. What we've done is looking at how we free up that student to go anywhere they want, right? And have that digital resource at the tip of their fingers and they can, it just gives them that flexibility, right? But on, on the flip side, the other thing that we found was as we got into high school, you know, students that are college bound, that, that want to go to community colleges, that there were a couple of things that they were struggling with. One, they were struggling with access to information about the community colleges and what they offer, right? The, the programming. And so we see an opportunity to create relationships with those community colleges to get those students in high school starting to engage with, you know, the possibilities of the degrees that they can get at the local community colleges and colleges. And so it's really opportunity for these colleges and, and, and community colleges to start building a brand and getting these students engaged in why they should be uh, moving into higher ed. And the other thing we found is the struggle with students who are college bound and are, you know, you know, this world very well. In order to get into a, a college nowadays, it's very competitive. And if you haven't taken you know, advanced courses, AP courses, mm -hmm. and, and other uh, programs, then you're at a huge disadvantage with other kids that have that access. And so here's the interesting part. You know, that tells you already those students that don't have access to the Internet are at a huge disadvantage. And so our, our focus is, is how do we bring in that programming, AP courses, advanced courses, other uh, information that will help those students compete with other students that are online. And so this is where that relationship between the community college and the high school becomes really well, interesting important. and important. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so where do you see most of your traction or where do you see most of the opportunity or, or better yet need? Is it really at the university level or is it more in the the, the community college level where maybe they're in an impoverished area or an unrepresented right. area. Uh, where do you see, is it a need across the board in higher education or there is really an entry point? Well, this is a great question because when we started looking at this, we thought, well, maybe community colleges are really, you know, the home right. run. And, and that this would be is where the real need. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. But we have had discussions with higher ed, very large universities. And so one of the, challenges that was presented to us in, in what they're struggling with is when you have incoming freshmen um, that are coming from very diverse environments. So again, you know, these students could be coming from rural areas and they're already at a disadvantage. They may not even know really how an LMS works. And so what they were looking at is how we could provide a, an Olivia device really helping onboard these freshmen uh, prior to even getting to school. So once they accepted the offer, they would get an Olivia device. And on that is, you know, if they're, they're looking at taking chemistry and biology, get them already engaged with what does it mean to take an advanced, you know, a, you know a chemistry 101. And what does it mean to do these things? And so at that point, get them, you know, 
prepared for what it means to go get into these classes. Because one of the struggles they have is you may have this incoming freshman class and you have no idea really in some cases where that student is in the spectrum uh, of whether they're, you know, they, they understand the language. I mean, understand the courses or not. And this way the university wanted to assess those students prior to getting in so they could position them with the right set of uh, content, the right set of uh, teaching that will make them successful because nobody wants to fail. They want They want to graduate all these students. And so they felt this was a great way to help get that, um, Positioning, and in fact, there's some data that was done by uh, Maryland uh, Baltimore University that looked at uh, uh, the data of an incoming freshman, and they could predict fairly accurately whether that student was going to end up with an A, B, C, D, or withdraw within the first 30 days of that student engaging digitally. And so, this is where I think you know there's an opportunity to help. Again, starting in the high school arena, getting those students prepared and yeah. really building both, you know, the mindset as well as looking at how these schools build their brand and value to these students as they're preparing to make those decisions and where they're going. Should you register for the Middle States Commission on Higher Education annual conference this December 4th through 6th in Philadelphia? 100%. I agree, because the title of the conference is called Setting the Standard, Transformation Through Accreditation. There is no time like the present to explore opportunities in higher education and the future for our students and our business model. Get out and network with your peers this December 4th through 6th at the Middle States Commission on Higher Education Annual Conference. Attention. Are you ready to elevate your institution's marketing and enrollment strategies? Join the EdUp Experience podcast at the Insights EDU Conference, February 20th to 22nd in Phoenix, Arizona. Don't miss out on this opportunity to hear from engaging speakers from industry-leading companies like Google, LinkedIn, Adobe, and higher ed leaders. Learn the latest marketing and enrollment strategies to grow your programs. Register now at insightsedu.com and use promo code Add up to save $50 off your registration. Attention. Yeah, and, and it's even, and I'm sure you would agree, and if you don't, please disagree. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's been very challenging uh, for the incoming freshmen or any incoming students into higher education over the last couple of years because they haven't been as prepared as previous yeah. students uh, yeah. just because of the, now we're full believers in blending learning and online learning and a hybrid environment. But the way it was rolled out in many of the high schools, uh, these students were not, you know, academically prepared. They weren't socially prepared. And as a result, they, they drop out quicker or they, like you said, they could tell if they're going to succeed or not succeed. seems like this type of ease to accessibility earlier on would increase their odds and their comfort in doing well. Yeah. And, and so you know, we, we like to take it up even a, a level of, uh, Know, a higher level in terms of the way you could look at Olivia. Olivia, it, what we're thinking is that Olivia really is an education network. It's a private network that's really, uh, mm. you know, allowing students to engage with content that's personalized for them and can be delivered anywhere. So you've got, you know, the access, you know, meeting digital equity and meeting lots of uh, diverse needs. And so it's quite interesting because this technology crosses over certainly into community colleges and colleges. But 
you know, we were also offered up, and again, we weren't even pursuing this, but correctional institutions where the inmates want to get a degree while they're incarcerated. And the problem there is that they don't have access or can't get access to the internet. So how do you teach online courses? (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) For a good reason. Absolutely. But here's another example, a use case where they said, well, could you utilize your platform inside these uh, facilities? And absolutely, uh, they can be totally walled off uh, from the access internet. without the whole internet, right? Exactly, and and they can interact with these programs, do their homework, you know, see videos, do all those things. And then another use case was, you know, is it, is coming along, and I think this is related pretty much with the community college, and that's workforce development, right? Mm-hmm. And as you're seeing more and more community colleges onboard workforce development programming, absolutely, um, right. This is a great opportunity to get that workforce development programming in place again in high school to get those students who know they're not college bound, they're not interested in, they're looking for you know a different course uh, and path in their life. And so this allows the community colleges to build that relationship and show what um, you know opportunities they have in getting certified in certain areas. And in fact, they may even start being able to certify themselves while they're in high school. Again, this is all about the ability to bring a lot of these various different groups together in one network and creating one experience that the students have access to. And, you know, I'll I'll share with you, you know, one of the schools that we've deployed, uh, it's a high school on the Big Island in Hawaii. Um, It's a a very rural area. Um, There is very little Internet connectivity at all. Uh, Even the school struggles with Internet uh, in this environment. And so when we got to the high school teachers, they pretty much said uh, there's very, very few students in, in this school goes goes on to community college or even uh, college. They're all sort of workforce, you know, uh, they look to get a job when they graduate. And so what they were really focused in on is can you start uh, helping us with career focused programming, right? In things that get these students ready. So, for, for example, financial literacy programming. Right. And uh, the career focus in terms of what my options might be at the local community college and, you know, how to cook food and, you know, just basic things that they felt these students really needed to be prepared for as they're moving out. But, you know, again, what this does is it opens up that door uh, for us to work both with the community colleges um, and other groups to help bring in that programming that is so vital for these students in high no, school. I agree, trying to make that, those decisions. That, that certainly would be, yep. I, I can tell you from my own experience, I have three kids. My oldest ended up getting two masters. My youngest is in the, my middle is in the process of completing an architecture degree. My youngest son didn't really know what he wanted. and didn't even know if he wanted to go to college. Right. Uh, he ended up enroll, enrolling in a welding school, uh, which is which will be fantastic for him. But there was a gap between his decision making and when he wanted to do it that something like this real this type of access to the information and the content would have helped his decision making easier, obviously. Uh, so yeah, you know, one, of things, one of the things I just wanted to bring up to you, uh, you know, sure. because I don't want to run out of time with this. Higher education has been, you know, unfairly, I will say, targeted by hackers and spammers over the last couple of years as universities and colleges have rolled out all different types of technologies looking for the weak spot. Uh, how do you ensure against 
this? You know, how do you promote or secure the data right. and, and promote safety here? Well, it's a great question. And, and absolutely, everybody needs to think about how you secure, secure any sort of digital uh, assets and or your network. What's interesting about Olivia is that it works offline. So your exposure to hackers is almost zero. The only one that might be able to hack into it is the student, and you would know that fairly quickly. Uh, this device only connects and communicates with the network for less than a minute when it's, it's synchronizing data. And so all our security is in the cloud and utilizing all the tools that we can in the cloud that ensure that that data is clean, there's no other bugs or other malicious uh, software within that environment. But as we see it, because it is a closed network and you know pretty much right. all the entities that are getting onto it and, and uh, you know, et cetera, that this becomes an environment that is extremely secure uh, for schools to manage and to be able to utilize uh, in that type of way. And, and, and who at the university specifically would you want to hear this message? Is it the CIOs? Is it the head of the departments? Is it maybe in the administration side at the provosts or so? Who, who do you think needs to hear this message to make decisions on these types of, of technologies? Yeah, I think on the administration side, because the, the, the use cases are, are, are quite large and the administration understands where, where all the issues are coming from. And so if, if you know, in and, and the fact that you've got this background in publishing, right? So right now, when you look at the publishing uh, uh, world, it's been thrown upside down because of state policies. And, you know, if I'm trying to print a book, I would be pulling my hair out right now because you don't know what to put in it. Because mm -hmm. next week something could be, you know, wrong in the book and you just, you know, your book's being pulled off the shelf. So what's happening in that world is literally is being pushed into the digital world, whether they like it or not. Right. And that's true for what's happening in colleges and, and, and community colleges. I mean, that's been happening for a long time, but even more so. And so when you're you know, looking at this from an administrative perspective, this is a way for you to have more control over what's on the network and focusing in on areas where the school is struggling to engage with those students and to figure out how to get better in engaging content on the network, right? And so make it a safe place for these students and one that the administration feels that is safe for their own staff to be able to work in and sure. play with and to be able to, you know, this is not our network, it's your network. So from that, you get to create and add and, and delete or whatever you want uh, as you're moving forward. And as you well know, the, the you know AI is coming down this path, <laughs> whether you like it or not. And so... This is another area where we believe we can have an impact in creating a safe environment for students to experiment with things like that. Uh, certainly for teachers and being able to utilize that and and knowing what type of content that may be positioned properly for the students in the space as well. well but the you, point you, you kind of read my mind with that one because yeah. what I wanted to ask you also was because of some of the heavy heavy applications needed with virtual reality and, and AI, you know, bandwidth is, is just, it's, it, as you said earlier in this conversation, it's never going to be solved. There's always going to be the need for more bandwidth. How does your technology handle such a heavy load like that as it keeps increasing? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I like to say, don't 
be hostage because of broadband, right? <laughs> this is software, uh, and this is this is a platform that we adapt to the needs of our end users. Okay. And so, I have no way to predict what the future looks like, but I know it's changing rapidly, and so do they, right? And so, you know, our ability to incorporate uh, what we can in terms of what our network can support is where we want to go. But to, to your point, you know, when you take a, talk about ARVR, right, this is a great example. Interesting technology, but if you try to implement it in, in, in your campus, guess what? It eats up tremendous yes, amount of bandwidth. You know what? And so, <laughs> yeah, and so... So the problem there is you're driving your IT team crazy. How do you keep up with the demand for broadband? So again, here's an application that could be localized on our device mm -hmm. that then reduces the overhead on That's the right. local network. And therefore, you know, your IT person it can sleep a little better right? related to whether you've got enough broadband or not. But that's just an example of how yeah. we can change the dynamics of, of the way this might work. No, no, that's, that's very tangible because it's a very real problem, obviously. Uh, final right. question for you. We, we, we love to end the broadcast uh, uh, with these two, one, two part questions, we should call them. First, is there anything else you want to uh, talk about or, or, or get across that I didn't ask you? And secondly, where do you see the future of fire education going and where you fit in? Yeah. So, you know, um, what I'd like to say Ella, is that, you know, we're excited to work with this industry. Uh, a lot of the team actually comes from the outside of the industry. So we're more technologists. We're more um, focused in on products uh, development, et cetera. And so we've got some fresh eyes. And when we look at the problems here, um, it's interesting because we have very interesting ways to solve those problems and to help support the needs of those community colleges and colleges. So I think at that level, you know, we're really excited to get engaged with uh, the various different groups and to be able to see how we can help. And so that's, that's one thing I want to put out there. The other is, you know, related to where this industry is and where it's going. Um, it's going in a pace that I think it's hard for a lot of these schools to keep up with. It's hard for the teachers to keep up with. And so the question is, can you put more control around this in the way you engage students with digital resources? And again, I think this is another area where we can help play a role that provides an environment that is predictable. Uh, one that is designed for the teachers, one that is designed for the students, and certainly ways for the administration to show uh, benefits from it. And one thing that we didn't talk about was the data analytics that come off of this network, right? And so wow. you can see where the students are engaging, how long they engage with subject matters, and also looking at other content that they're engaging with as well on the network. So there's lots of benefits in that area. But I have to say, we're extremely excited about um, uh, what Olivia has developed, where we are, and really excited to work with the industry uh, on multiple fronts. Yeah, it sounds exciting. Well, Ryan, thank you for your time and your insights today. It's a great conversation. So we appreciate Here's Ryan Ross. Everyone have a round of applause. You know, he's <laughs> founder and CEO of Olivia Technologies. You know, so thank you for joining us again, Ryan. No, Elliot, I appreciate that. And if, uh, if anyone in the audience is interested, they can reach out to 
us through our website. That's olivia.schools and or they can reach out to me directly, ryan at olivia.education. So love to hear from you. And I appreciate your time, Elliot, and excited to maybe have another chance to come back and expand the conversation. Oh, absolutely, because it's going to continue to evolve. The needs are going to get greater and greater as, as we touched upon. So, so thank you again. Once again, my name is Elliot Markowitz. Check out my website and content services at www.emediastrategies.net. You can get a lot of information there. Ladies and gentlemen, you've now just been ed up. Oh, yeah. The Middle States Commission on Higher Education 2023 Annual Conference is in Philadelphia, December 4th through 6th. Setting the standard, transformation through accreditation. Remember, only you can create transformation through networking, knowledge sharing, opportunity, leadership, service, learning, and accreditation. And you'll do all those things at the Middle States Commission on Higher Education Annual Conference this December 4th through 6th. Can't wait to be there. EdUp will be there. There's going to be over 1,300 attendees, presidents, provosts. The networking opportunities are off the chain. Register now at msche.org. Oh, yeah. Attention, higher ed marketing and enrollment management professionals. We are taking the EdUp Experience podcast to Insights EDU. Join us at Insights EDU on February 20th to 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Gain insight into the latest higher education trends and cutting edge marketing strategies that'll take your institution's enrollment to a whole new level. This is your opportunity to connect with higher education leaders and marketing experts from across the country. Comprehensive presentations, engaging panel discussions, and more. Insights EDU will equip you to position your institution for growth. Register now at insightsedu.com and use the code EDUP to save $50 off your registration. Can you afford to miss this conference? I don't think so.